I'm your host, Nick Ginsberg, and you're listening to The Open Drive, a podcast focusing on authentic living and defining your own path against the odds. Hi there, welcome to The Open Drive. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you for listening in. If you're brand new, welcome. Welcome to the family. Uh, if you're not new and you're returning, welcome back. Lovely to, to, to have you listening again. I was going to say see you, but I can't see you. Um, so welcome. Uh, and just before we dive in, two bits of housekeeping, as you always know. First thing, we do cover off on some heavier topics in this podcast. So we will be talking about childhood trauma. We talk about addiction. We talk about mental health, uh, which can get heavy sometimes. Uh, also, I want this to be a two-way conversation. So please make sure you head over to Instagram and follow me and send me a message when you do. Let me know. Uh, who you are. I've loved receiving the messages I've got so far. So thank you so much, everyone, for uh, for doing that. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So my Instagram handle is nice and easy. It's just Nick Ginsberg. <laughs> so can't get any more simpler than that. Uh, but if uh, you want to check, it's in the show notes as well. So you can see it there. So let's get into today's episode, shall we? One of the things I've been wanting to talk about is this notion that uh, what has happened to you as a child uh, all of a sudden stops when you become a quote-unquote adult, right? So my family's been pretty good with this. Uh, I would say the majority of them understand that what I dealt with as a kid still continued on into my adulthood. Um, but there were definitely people in my life, friends, distant friends, school friends, whatever, who didn't understand that. And who, who assumed that once there is some distance that it disappears. And so I want to talk about that. I want to shed some light on, on that, uh, particularly in my situation. So having parents who really struggled with mental health issues uh, and also uh, strong addiction issues, uh, that that just doesn't magically stop when you turn 18. Because uh, I think... Uh, uh, there is a, a misconception out there that that does happen, that when you turn 18, you're no longer the responsibility of your parents. Therefore, uh, that doesn't affect you as much. And it's and it's wrong. Uh, so I want to talk you through some of the stuff that has happened, uh, sort of key moments over the last 15 years. Uh, so I'm 35. So I want to uh, share some stuff over the last 15 years. Some you may have heard before, but there'll be definitely stuff that I talk about that I haven't shared before. Um, uh, and again, doing this to make sure that we are uh, really shining a light on the people that are still going through stuff like this, that if they had a really tough childhood, chances are they're still having a tough childhood. But just because they may be 35 or 40 or 45, it doesn't mean that ends. So I wanted to share that with you. So let's go back to uh, when I was sort of 18, 19. So a bit over 15 years ago, I may have lied. Um, so uh, I'm getting old, by the way. Uh, and I had moved, I'd moved out uh, to my uh, living with a friend, as you heard in previous episodes, uh, for the last couple of years of my schooling. And then I moved back in with my mum. When I moved back in with her, I was going out with friends, having the time of my life. I was 18. But she was really, really, really struggling um, 
struggling mentally uh, and she was re- had a really tough time with addiction at that point and it was uh, either full throttle or not at all. There was no kind of in-between, which was uh, uh, not, not fun. Uh, it was uh, quite rough. And what that uh, kind of... And oh, the other thing is that Louise moved into a home a rented home literally down the street from us. And I was not talking to her at this point. And so uh, that was that was also um, uh, quite toxic and, and really not a fun situation at all. Uh, anyways, I, I had a relatively good year. Lots of stuff happening and trauma and whatnot. I took it... Uh, I took comfort in food was a big thing for me. So uh, during those years especially... Um, comfort in food went out with friends we went to buffets we had uh, we literally just ate it was brilliant um, but uh, those were kind of my my uh, freedom years of not being in school and going out and having fun and um, I met my uh, one of my best friends now Colin when which I've mentioned in the podcast before uh, I think we were 18 turning 19 and we're six days apart, by the way. Um, so uh, I met him and we instantly became very close. And uh, when I was 19, uh, so we'd, we'd known each other for a little bit, he said to me, you've got to get out. And he was the one that pulled me out of that environment, which was really quite toxic. Um, and there during that period... Uh, of that sort of 18 to 20 age mark. So when Colin was uh, really trying to get me out, Louise threatened to commit suicide a number of times if we didn't um, agree with something that she wanted to do or we didn't let her back in her life or uh, in our lives, sorry. So uh, it was really heavy, um, really heavy. And so uh, as a kid, you go, oh my God, I don't want that, that guilt. I don't want her to die because I've done something. Um, I've since come to realize that I can't control someone else and um, I can be there and support her and do all of that, but um, my actions won't cause someone to do that. So, uh, and that took me a long time to get there, by the way. Uh, And so there were times we had a small flood on the Gold Coast. Uh, It was just really heavy downpour. And where I lived, we're sort of up higher, but it was in like a little valley type, area where there were hills on either side and the road that she was on flooded her house was fine because she was a Queenslander up on stilts but um, her garage flooded and her and our family dog uh, Billy which was a little long-haired chihuahua were living in this place she refused to leave when it was flooding Um, and so I remember walking down Colin was at home with mum and I walked down the street into the water to get Billy at least and bring him back. Um, I managed to convince her to kind of get out, but it was very hard. Uh, So there's that. And then Colin took me out and there were all the the Brisbane years, which I've spoken about. If you haven't listened to that episode, please go back and listen to the Brisbane years. Uh, I talk about moving out, sort of finding my feet. It was brilliant. But with that, there was a lot of struggles, which again, I talk about in that episode. So uh, I gave mum an ultimatum, uh, which obviously doesn't always work um, and uh, isn't necessarily 
the the best way of handling things, but it worked this time for me. So I I said to to mum, I'm I will not talk to you again until you stop drinking. Full stop. That's it. Um, it took her I can't remember how long, six to twelve months, and then she was she'd stopped drinking and she stayed sober for the most part for the, from then until when she passed this year, which is incredible. And then uh, we, so that was kind of the Brisbane years. And then I moved back uh, and mum's mental health was pretty good. Um, she was the mum that I'd always wanted. Uh, and I got glimpses of as a kid, but not as a continuous form, if you, if you will. And I loved it. So mum and I lived together for a bit before I moved to Melbourne. She was uh, just so warm and caring and, and loving and uh, I really look back now and cherish those times a lot um, and Louise on the other hand was quite bad and I've I know I've I've told this story um, before but she was super volatile super angry um, really really struggling and at this point she was living with us um, and so that was that was quite traumatic when I moved it was not um, it was not good. Uh, we had, I had to call the ambulance on her a number of times. And I remember the, sh the shame that came with that. So I was working at uh, Bankwest at Helensvale at the time. And Louise had had a really bad mental health episode, uh, threatening to kill herself. She'd self-harmed. It was really, really full on. And it was about two o'clock in the morning I had work at eight and I had to call triple zero on her to get an ambulance to come and pick her up. And the person that arrived in the ambulance, the paramedic was a customer of, customer of mine at the bank. I was mortified. Um, I had spent my childhood really managing people's perceptions of, of me and the family and all of that into not be able to manage that in front of this person was really, really difficult for me. Um, and I think it's one of those moments where that wall started coming down around the perception management. I mean, it started coming down with friends, but not outside of that. And so that was a big moment. And I remember him saying to me in a very professional way, do we, cause I went out to meet them. Uh, do we need police? Uh, is she is she going to, to kick and scream? And I said to him, well, I was honest. I said, look, I, I'm really not sure, but I can hold her. Um, so if you, some of you may not have seen me, I'm six foot tall. Um, I'm rather hefty. <laughs> so I'm relatively strong. So I knew that I could hold her if something went bad. Um, anyways, they took her away. And then I moved to Melbourne not long after that. Uh, and then it took us a while to get back in touch. But over these last 10 years that I've lived in Melbourne, I have called the ambulance on Louise for mental health issues. Maybe anywhere, but I think it's between five and 10 times. Um, it's happened, there are a period where it happened a lot. And it's been okay the last 12 months, which has been fantastic. Um, but this is the reason why I want to share stuff like this is because I think there are people 
that had uh, grown up with me or that had been around and seen some of this stuff who think that it ends when I moved out or when I moved to Melbourne or when I turned 18 and it just doesn't. Um, and I, I obviously I spoke about this in the previous episode around seeking help, but this, the trauma of, of my childhood has continued into adulthood. Um, is it the same level as being a vulnerable child in that scenario? No, but does it trigger those feelings? Of course it does. So it's been, uh, being able to process that, which is why I went to Dave and why it was so important for me to go and see someone, which is obviously the point of the last episode. I, I want people to understand, especially if you know someone that has had a childhood like mine, chances are they are still dealing with it. Either just themselves trying to figure it out or the trauma that caused their childhood to be chaotic is still happening. It's just slightly less, but it doesn't impact you any less, if that makes sense. So when I share stuff like this, I really want to sort of drum at home that there are people going through really tough times all the time. So how you treat someone and how you are around people is really, really important. It's important that you are kind, that you are caring, that you make sure that you are giving people a safe and open space to be able to share their thoughts and feelings if they feel like it. It is really important. Um, and I'm not saying that I, uh, I don't have that because I'm very lucky. I do have that now. Um, and I've had that in various people over the years, but it's really important to give people that space to be able to share the information um, because it doesn't end when you're 18. It doesn't end when you move out. Um, prime example, just a few phone calls ago of Louise, this was, I kid you not, probably a week ago, she had a really, she had a, a doozy of, a, of an episode and I had to navigate that in a compassionate way, which is techniques and tools that were given to me by my psych. But having to navigate that whilst it all triggers everything that happened when I was a kid. And I'm 35. So... I want to share that not again, none of this podcast is about sympathy or, oh, I'm so sorry. None of it's about that, right? Um, it's about sharing this so that others can hear that, hey, yeah, it still happens to me too. Or that you can hear that it will still happen to the person that you care about who had a similar childhood. Now, on that note, I just want to leave you with one thing. Everyone is going through their thing, right? We all have varying degrees of, of, of trauma, although trauma is probably not the right word, but we all have our issues that we're dealing with. You never know how bad someone's issues are. You don't know what's going on behind closed doors or inside their head. So always be kind, be nice, be patient, be accepting, 
because it can change someone's day just by you being nice. And if you want proof of that, head back to the grief episode where I talk about the morning after I'd lost mum and just listen to the story in that. But I'm going to leave you there. Thank you for listening to this. We only have one more episode left in the 2021 series. And I want to do a bit of a recap uh, on this on this year. Uh, so stay tuned for that next week. But thank you for listening. Thank you for making it to the end. I hope you have a fantastic day. I hope you are safe. I hope you remain healthy. Look after yourselves. And I will talk to you in next week's episode. See you later.